from New York City, the Comedy Cellar and Rethink Production present Live from America Podcast. We will make America great again. How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? Live from America Podcast. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Just so you understand. We can't be the stupid country anymore. Live from America podcast. I believe we can keep the promise of our founding. The idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you look like or where you love. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or young or old or rich or poor, able, disabled, gay or straight. You can make it here in America if you're willing to try. It's just words, folks. It's just words. This is Live from America Podcast with Noam Dorman and Haddon Gab. All right. Good evening, and welcome to Live from America podcast. Uh, right here from the Comedy Cellar. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I've been. It's only taken like two years. Um, with my favorite guest in the world. I'm sorry, I'm so, I'm sorry lady, as and gentlemen, I have to introduce Tony first. Oh, wow. Nice as no, as Noam say, he is um, um, Arabic by choice, right? Wow. <laughs> <I'm Arabic> by <laughs> wow. No, uh, comedian Tony Darrow, welcome back to the city. Wow, where are they coming for me? Yeah. <laughs> I could just see that in the, the New York Post headline Arabic by choice. Yeah. That, he is, he, he's vehemently anti-Zionist. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. And uh, we have uh, Terry Fayez, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, she uh, worked in the. Um, you have clearance. I can say whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. In the Department of Defense and uh, the Army in Afghanistan, and uh, you're a translator. Linguist. Yeah. Oh, linguist. Yeah. It's a better way for translation. What? I'm it sorry. It makes me feel more bougie. A what? A linguist. A linguist. A linguist. Yeah. You know Noam Chomsky. Linguist. I've heard of Noam Chomsky. Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was, he was an excellent linguist, actually. And of course, the one and only Harry. Harry Enten. Enten from 538.com. Second in command at 538. Uh, yes, yeah, second, second in command. Chief political. Uh, what are you, what, what's your What's your title? They call me a senior political analyst, but what the heck? A is that? senior political. The the, 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 I, 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 the I'm the only analyst that they got that's got the senior next to the title, so we can go with the. And I I, I did not serve three tours in Afghanistan, but my father <laughs> was a non commissioned officer in the army seventy years ago, so I have that going for me. All right. Oh, that's amazing. And Harry was one of the uh, the few people who called the election. Who who. Mm. Who felt there was a possibility that yeah. Trump could win? Yeah, that's fair. That's when fair. when was that? After the uh, when it was just him versus Hillary, or uh, right? Yeah, yeah. From yeah. the very beginning. No, 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 not from the beginning. I, I let's just say that my remarks uh, during the primary, Republican primary uh, shall be remain between me and my uh, my Lord uh, expunged, expunged yeah. from the record. Because if it is not, we could have an hour show just speaking about what a fool I made of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Uh, for your prediction, I I thought it was great. So Terry, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. What's going on with you guys? Thank you for <laughs> being turn here. Her, turn on her mic somehow. Yeah, can uh, you? I'll do it. I can speak more into it. It's just, I'm not 
used to having something this close yeah. to my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What did you do in Afghanistan? <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Thank God it's red and it's not black. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'd much prefer clown penis. Oh, I'm being racist, but I, I, I have a feeling I'll suck a clown's dick before I'll let not, a black man. Oh, we can curse. That's awesome. Yeah, you can say whatever. <laughs> she's, she, she's probably not even talking about penis. Are you? No. She, she, and I started by Go saying, figure. and I said, let's start with a lady in the house. <laughs> so when, where were you last in Afghanistan? Um, the last place I was at was in eastern Afghanistan, Bagram. Yeah. I mean, not that you guys would know from the names, but... It, Bagram, it was, it's in the east, right? Yeah, yeah there but. we go. <laughs> Bagram's in Afghanistan. <laughs> it's actually one of the biggest airfields there. So whoever comes into Afghanistan and gets deployed, yeah. they have to go through... Bagram Airfield or Kandahar Airfield to get to where they need to go. Uh -huh. So uh, I was attached to um, Special Operations Task Force East. So it's like Special Forces. You're born in America? Yes, correct. Okay. Oh, But right. I didn't have a choice but to speak Pashto because, you know, my my parents, they don't speak English, so... Oh, that's why you made that joke on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mom doesn't even know about that. <laughs> you, can, you, can you translate for me? <laughs> What <else> she said? <laughs> even, if she, even if she heard it, she wouldn't get it, though, so... <laughs> yeah, don't... You know what? People always sell their parents short. She, she might yeah. very well get it. Her parents thought she was... Fighting with the Taliban anyway. So. <laughs> hey, I probably wasn't. I didn't even know about it. No, let me stop. I, I'll probably end up in Guantanamo Bay after this freaking podcast. So. No, so I know you want to talk about uh, Afghanistan. I'm sure, I, but really, it just... We have to talk about Rachel Maddow before the show. I know. Ends. I know uh, you can't. You can't uh, take, I know he can't. He can't, <laughs> he can't help himself. You know, the before you thing. say anything, no, you know what? I got to tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't... One thing, I can't believe how you're gloating in the, in the light and basking in the light of Trump. <laughs> Trumpism, but um, this is not Trumpism. This is anti-Rachel Maddowism. Okay, Go ahead. well, anti-Trump, Trump's detractors. My, anyway. my enemy's enemy is my friend. I guess what exactly. you're saying. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, you know what that um, means. You can probably say it in, in, take, in I mean, take away the 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 hype from yesterday, and if you just look at it objectively, just look at the show objectively. What's your problems with it? Uh, just just objectively, like there was just the show, not with all the hype today. There, there was Donald no buildup. Exactly. Even, even if there had been no buildup, this twenty-five minute thing about Trump and oligarchs and Nixon and criminal activity, all this as an introduction to these tax returns was a big implication that there's going to be something in these tax returns to make this all a package that makes sense. The tax returns. By the end of the show, they were saying, you know what? Trump might have leaked this himself, meaning this is actually favorable to Trump. Well, it says so. Yeah. You, you don't lead. You don't. You don't do a whole show with a buildup about various presidential criminals and all this stuff to introduce a tax return, which makes the president look like he was being a good well, citizen. Well, because they were doing that for the very reason. So that's my answer to your question. Okay, but and I think it's a pretty good but, one. But I think that uh, you're uh, forgetting the fact that they were making a case for. Where is this money coming from? That's the question. That's the question on every tax return. Where is this money coming can we, from? Can we let someone who knows about this talk? Yeah. Oh, so wow. anyway. Well, excuse me. Uh, so, <laughs> not you. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, he's a smart guy. But I like everyone else to have no, this. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just joking. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. Until yesterday, joking. I have you're, no you're idea. You're a who's... kind, smart man, and I'm pleasured. 
to be able to sit. Well, actually, we have a seat in between us. I didn't want to be that. Yeah, you're not the first man he's pleasure. We should. We should. <laughs> no comment. This show should have been just you and me. We very friendly together. Well, it, oh, it, it will be. <laughs> Go ahead. A special Harry. moment. I, I would say a few things. Uh, number one, I, I, I've been on. Rachel's show a few times so and she was very nice to me so I don't want to say anything personally bad about her but I think the fact of the matter is that we all know that those tax returns were nothing burger that there was nothing there that implicated Trump in any particular way he paid the taxes that were necessary no 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 you don't know well, well wait a second it, well, let, the, let him let him speak okay R- write it down Tony write it down <laughs> and when he's finished you can answer okay there was nothing right. in what was presented that was unfavorable or made Donald Trump look particularly bad what if you want something that makes Trump look bad you need to get the full tax return not just those two pages right okay but, but he's not finished Okay. So they didn't have they didn't really have anything and they built it up to be a lot of something. Now, in answer to your question of what where could he possibly gotten the money? The fact of the matter is that almost certainly a large majority of it came from um, hosting The Apprentice and, cre- and being a producer on that show. Uh, but obviously we would need to make, make more of it. But I think at the end of the day, why this was such a disappointment or such a letdown to so many people was because it was built up to be something that it wasn't particularly. I, and I'll add one final point to it. Those people who were critiquing Madoff for her long introduction simply put have never watched that exactly. program before in, yeah. in their yeah. lives. This is what Rachel Maddow does. She does these long introductions. You know, you can be scheduled for block B and then you'll end up on block D because her introduction led into block B. So, you know, whatever. Life goes on and so do we, as Empty Nest once said. Okay. Well, that that's true too. She does that every night. She'll go into a long soliloquy and then go into a different subject sometimes. But um, So she's not focused, but go ahead. No, she just, she... She, she has her style. She has her style, yeah. Oh, that's okay. uh, number one, we don't know that Trump paid those taxes. There's still a matter of his uh, billion dollar write-off. So you you say he paid tax. We don't know that he paid taxes. That's a tax we return. Just saw a ta- it's a tax return. It doesn't mean that those taxes were paid. That's his tax return. Well, he does, you mean he's he's in arrears on his taxes, you mean? No, I mean that uh, supposedly we don't know because that's the only tax return we've seen. And I think that does what makes it groundbreaking one way. This is the first piece, the first leak. We have one one thing. Well, it's certainly interesting to see that he actually paid taxes. No, but you, when, you keep saying year, he paid taxes. In a year that he owed taxes. He, that he owed taxes. In a year okay. that we assumed he owed no taxes, which is kind of what Hillary had said. And he said, well, no, I'm smart. That, that's not what Hillary said. Hillary uh, said Tony, he didn't may, pay taxes. Maybe I'm missing something. We're you talking are. across each other. But it seems to me that if that's the final return, what what is on line D, whatever that return, whatever it is, is what he has to write a check for. Not necessarily. Well, how, explain that to me. How would it not Because be? supposedly he still has... We don't know because we haven't seen any tax returns. He has a billion dollar write off, so he might. Right, but that would have to be shown on that on that. On I, that I don't know. Is that true? I'm not an accountant. I think so. Yeah. I don't know that. What was your problem with Rachel though? I, I just said it. I mean, listen. To, to, first of all, <laughs> I, I got I got to plead guilty. I love being right. I, I really do. No way. No way. And when that tweet came out, Rachel Maddow, I was with Steven, and he said, oh, they're going to the taxes, they're going to the taxes. He, was, he, was, he, had a, he had the stiffest dick I've seen in a long time. How many times have you seen this dick? <laughs> and, well, I mean, it felt stiff. And, and, and I said to him, I said, she's got nothing. And how do you know she's got nothing? I said, it just doesn't seem like the tweet that you would tweet if you had something. Yeah. I, and 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 to see it, and then to see it just go up and smoke, and and the longer she was addressing it, Stephen, she's got nothing. She's got, and, and sure enough, she had nothing. And I, and that's really. But but what isn't I it about, about rating? Like this is what she wants. She wanted rating, and she got the best rating in, ever for her show. 
So is that should, should this succeed? I'm not a television executive. I would think that the damage to their credibility is not worth those one night of ratings. But maybe I'm wrong. I agree with you, actually. Yeah. I, I thought they shouldn't have tweeted anything. My favorite was, you know, it was like we got Trump's tax returns and didn't even say Donald Trump. I thought they might have had Tom Trump's tax returns. <laughs> that would have been better. Well, <laughs> might have, there might have been something more interesting in there. If somebody says Trump, we can assume. But well, it could, have been, it, could have been, it could have been Donald Jr. Maybe it was Ivanka. He's a statistician, so you got to forgive him, okay? Now, I, I only think in probabilities now based upon forecasting. But then, you know, they continued that like the next hour with Lawrence O'Donnell. They didn't just leave it there. Well, it, it, does, bring, it does bring to mind, which is even a more interesting issue and I, I do think about this a lot first of all the temptation is, I even called her a moron a stupid but she's very smart but but that's right but but some that's we tend on both sides to call people stupid or whatever it is but the truth is that most of the people we're describing have IQs you know within one standard deviation is that with of each other most people that we call stupid in public are not stupid so the question is, what is responsible for these differences between people? They're differences of character or, or process that we don't have a word for and we can't measure. But I wonder how is Experience, it? I think. Well, but what is, I mean, this wasn't just her. There must have been like six or seven or eight people in the room. They all got, And they all decided on this. None of them said, but you know, we have nothing. Like we're going to, we have nothing in the end. How does that happen? Like, is it? How do you know no one? How do you know no one in the room said that? It could have been multiple people said then they were overruled. Oh, okay. Well, you're right. It could be that. So uh, the people who overruled them did they? Did yeah, she think? Was it, did she think she had something? I, I, I somebody. What did she think she had? I don't think. How it, does somebody who's clearly so smart think that she had something, or is it just the product of hate? But you just said she had the opposite of what Hillary Clinton thought. So that's something. She had the what? The opposite of what Hillary Clinton. Oh, opposite. Yeah. Let Harry first, because oh, he's a yes. guest of honor. Go ahead. So oh, yeah. kind of you. Oh, I, know, I, I, I am no man of honor. A guest, perhaps. Go ahead. Um, I would just add that per, even if she didn't have anything here, she may be trying to jumpstart the conversation back about Trump's taxes, bringing into the forefront. This was something that was obviously spoken about during the campaign that a lot of people care about. And she commands a very large audience, I believe the largest on MSNBC, and commanded a very large audience, plus her normal audience last night. She may be trying to restart the conversation in hopes that someone will leak something more substantial. Now, whether or not what occurred last night actually was successful and perhaps jumpstarting that conversation is another conversation entirely. But I think that there could be different motives for releasing it in the fashion that she did. All right, that's well, one, that's one, one answer. One was also she said last night, she said that, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, um, it's been standard operating procedure for the president and the vice president to release their tax returns. Tax returns a couple of weeks before April 15th. You know, they're public. That's been the standard procedure. What's going to happen this year? Is He's going to be Pence, under audit again. Is Mike Pence going to uh, just uh, do Dude, it? Is I'm he not, the one going to do it? I'm not defending Trump on his taxes one iota. Okay. I'm just def- I'm just commenting. I think on, she's on trying the- to get that going too. But also, this is what I want well, to say. Do before. it in a way that doesn't make you look stupid. This one on TV last night because that's how the news. That's how the 24 hour news cycle works. They're not going to hold on to it. They're going to get that on the air as soon as they get it. And remember, she was not the one who had this finding. It was a writer from the Daily Beast who right. and they wrote it up there. So mm-hmm. she was she she merely hosted that particular David K. Cast. Johnson, who's going to be on our podcast next on our radio show next week. He happens to be a pre booked guest on our radio show. Next week. Ah, look at no, that. Yeah. Whoever that producer is, you should give a big fat raise. That was Stephen. Why well, I asked him to book him, but Stephen, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you ask, but that doesn't guarantee he'll come. And 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 he's and he is. I mean, I don't want to say, but he he was kind of ridiculous. I mean, the whole story. I don't know. 
Why does he put a? Uh, he's in media. We're all ridiculous. Can't he just put a camera up by his mailbox just to like you know see who, who dropped it off? I mean, I, listen. I, I had made the argument, uh, uh, but before that, there must be at least twenty-five Clinton FBI guys, at twenty-five to fifty people who have seen Donald's ta- Donald Trump's tax returns between people in the IRS, people in his accounting firm, people who work for him, whatever it is. If there was something which showed that the president was an agent of Russia, one of these people would have leaked it by now. That's how, what I think. How would they even wrong. know that? How would they even know that? If they, if they, because they would they would see somebody I think would pick up on. That's what I think. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think somebody will, would pick up on it. I, I don't think anybody. Well, would. Why do you think he's not showing his tax returns then? Well, at first I thought it was because he paid so little in taxes then maybe because he didn't didn't earn as much as he, I mean, it, we knew he wasn't showing his taxes, and there were a lot of speculation about. Listen, why didn't Bernie Sanders show his taxes? Bernie Sanders wasn't a, a, a presidential. No, he ke- he kept promising to show his yeah, taxes. But he, yeah, but and I was harping on it. He said, "Oh, it's in our filing cabinet. We haven't got time. My wife's I, busy. They, you know, they, for whatever was, reason, they think it's not to their the dog ate it. it. Maybe he's holding it until he got the nomination, what so I, we could force Trump to show his. What taxes. I'm saying is, I don't think Bernie. I don't, I don't think I, Bernie Sanders is in league with the Russians. Whatever there, there, there can be reasons. What about now, there, that's we should start that one. That Bernie Sanders is in league with the Russians. With I think Trump, what I'm saying it makes sense. Up together. The, 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 the reason to not show his taxes is not evidence that he's in league with the Russians. There can be sure. many reasons political that he doesn't want to show his taxes. And I don't know what the reason is. I think if it was something nef- as nefarious as treason. It would come out. I think there's, there are people in the Treasury Department. Anyway, but. Are there people who can look at those returns right now today and, I, and, and I, see them? I would say two things. Number one, I am not a believer in conspiracy theory, so I do tend to agree with you that if there was something there, someone would probably leak something eventually. But I'd also point out how many years did it take for the Watergate scandal to unfold? It was not something that occurred overnight. It was through dogged investigation and a few people who are willing to say things. I am in no way saying that this is anything close to that. I'm merely yeah. saying that sometimes stories take to develop, but I'm in, in agreement with you overall. Yeah, look at Area 51. Like, we still don't know. Yeah, I think he just... <laughs> not- I, 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 I actually think that uh, Noam's secret family lives at Area 51. <laughs> Watergate was a closed conspiracy uh, among the conspirators, you know, but uh, also that I also wonder, like, people like Mattis and McMaster and people who are seem to be, you know, recognized across all political spectrum as being tremendous soldiers and patriots, would they really sit by while Trump is servicing his criminal enterprise to the Russians, making policy decisions? It just, it just doesn't add up to me. You know, I mean, I, this is what I think. And I think that there's a lot of people who got hurt by these sanctions in Russia, Russians, people, uh, uh, their proxies here, people who do business with those companies, America, when there was a new administration, especially a businessman, they were all activated to see how they could get in with the new administration, just like I got in with the city council to try to get a, 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 a um, cabaret license, like the, the legal bribery of politics. So they cozy up in any way they can to the Trump people, and the Trump administration in the hopes of having a positive outcome. Now, that is nothing to be proud of, but I don't think it goes beyond that. I don't think well, it, it, had, I don't well, think it jumps the shark to actually been going a on deal. For 15 years. He's had a relationship with the in, with Russian businessmen for a long time. Right, yeah. but there weren't sanctions. The, the Russian businessmen didn't have an agenda then as they have now. Now, listen, sure. they really want these sanctions reversed. Of course. Right. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to do everything they can to try to cozy up 
to people like Flynn and whatever it is. And I think Flynn is kind of dirty. So go ahead, Harrison. No, I was just going to say, look, at the end of the day, Flynn? <laughs> Flynn's got some real issues. His yeah. son's got even more. We'll put it that way. But at the end of the day, there's nothing so far that really implicates Donald Trump in any particular way that's fire. There's some smoke here and some smoke there. I think what people are really reacting to is that Donald Trump is quite secretive, right? And if he's secretive, there must be a reason for him to be secretive instead of just realizing that maybe this is just Trump's personality overall. And then, in fact, maybe there's nothing there. But we don't know that because he is so secretive. Yeah. Now, what he's about not secretive yeah. with, with, with things about, you know, Obama being born in Kenya and, you know, well, he's, he's not secretive about lies, about lies. He's very oh. open about that. Oh. Obama wasn't born in Kenya. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I, thought, I heard you were born in Kenya. <laughs> I, I, I've said many times that, <laughs> uh, that everything we know, need to know about Trump, we knew during the birther thing. I mean, he was lying. We knew he was lying. And he did it, you know, without any, uh, no shame. He didn't do it today. He's on Tucker Carlson today. He says in the next couple of weeks, you see a lot of stuff coming out about the, yeah, and then two weeks goes by and then. There's nothing there. He's a lot. He, 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 well, is it a lie if he believes it? <laughs> George Costanza. <laughs> now, not a lie. For, for all I know, he's you know loves Melrose, uh, Melrose Place, and I mean the theme song to Melrose Place is great, but uh, you know no, I don't know. He knew. He knows he's lying. He's got to know he's lying about the birth. Of, when he said we're finding out some very interesting stuff, he knew he hadn't found anything interesting. Right. Listen, there was a Hawaii newspaper birth announcement. Two or right, two. One would one is sufficient. You know, like like. Well, what else why would there? but why would there be two unless they were planning some sort of conspiracy? You know that. Come on. I mean, what else was there? They knew fifty some odd years later, <laughs> that Barack Obama would be president of the United States if they could. This is know. my hope for Trump. And uh, my father, Hatem, <laughs> my no, it's not the same as my hope for Trump. But go ahead. Hatem and and Tony knew my father. My father always used to talk about people have blind spots. Everybody has blind spots. This was something he he really believed. He would he would try to find a person's blind spots. I'm hoping that Trump's blind spots are limited to issues which which harm where his ego is pinched because that's really all the most ridiculous things about Trump have been related to his ego. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that beyond that and anything that doesn't pinch his ego, he's able to be rational and make, you know, cost benefit analysis and make and make good decisions. Otherwise we're in big fucking trouble. I don't think what I'm saying is ridiculous. But that just, I just hope it well, turns I mean, out that he way. He comes out and says, uh, we don't win wars anymore. We have to start winning wars. And the press and everybody else is just like, what's that that statement slide? Like, that's a, what? Well, I know, I know what he, that didn't bother we me. Need, I mean, that, that didn't bother you? That's not we a lie. winning wars? Well, he's saying that Why we Why do we have we to start went, winning wars? Well, we sh- in other words, if we're going to go to war, we should come back with the with the full. No, that's not come what back he with said. the oil. That's what we that's need. Come, come said. back with the success yes, we should of steal the war. The, uh, steal the oil and, and even that is so outrageous like if we're gonna steal oil from iraq what are we gonna do we're gonna put well, in like st- st- steel is your word we're gonna yeah. put in a hundred thousand people there permanently to pump the oil and transport it the oil fields are up north the gulf is in the south they got the no, that was an utterly country. naive statement and or, be there or, forever and all the people that have to serve food to them and clean for them and what? I, I think i think uh, uh right? seizing the oil was dumb yeah, it's, impl- it's implementing the, you know, regime change. I mean, that's what they do when they go into these countries. They, you know, send in a few people, cause a little civil unrest, put in a regime change, and they're, you know, puppets. You pay them. And at the end of the day, that's when these U.S. corporations move in there. They siphon all the natural resources. Everybody gets a piece of the pie, cheap labor, 
Have a nice day. You, and, and you, you, I, I, even in Afghanistan, I can tell you, think that's a bad thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that's what happens. Whether it's bad or good, that what natu- we've taken Afghanistan as natural resources. Of course, what I mean, there's t- over one trillion dollars in um, minerals there. Ninety percent of uh, the world's opium is in Afghanistan, the poppy fields. Oh, but we're, that, not, we're not taking the. We're that, that we're guarding it though. We're guarding those poppy fields. And th- that's that's oh. a different story. That's a whole nother, you know, we're so into the conspiracy. Anytime you, like you're yeah. some heavy conspiracy. There. Anytime you or me say we, we have to explain who's we. I mean, I was born in America, so that's yeah. what I mean by we. Okay. Do, do yeah. you feel connected to George Washington and Thomas Jefferson? And, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Um, I mean, I'm American, you know, so I'm connected to this country, what it stands for. There are a few things even within my own, um, I don't want to say Afghanistan, that's that's my parents' country. I'm American at the end of the day, but the religion, because I'm Muslim, there are a few things even in my my religion that I don't, obviously I don't really practice my religion the way I'm supposed to. I don't pray like five times a day. There are certain whoa, things whoa, I don't. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, but I'm asking this thing. I'm going to air you out too. I'm asking a question, which I mean, I've been asking every person now that I yeah. meet of, 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 of immigrant descent, first mm-hmm. and second generation. Of course. And I'm asking do you feel connected to George Washington, Thomas Jefferson? Do you of feel course. That? You do. You yeah, feel that? because but, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. We'd be stuck in a mountain. But, but, but no, let me ask you something <laughs> specific with her. So you her. consider that your, your forefathers, Jefferson, yeah. Madison. Okay, go ahead. So let me ask you something specifically with her. Like, didn't she prove already that she is American by serving in a military yeah. in a way that no one of us did? Like, like isn't that... Like, I understand when we ask other people that question, and I know we've been asking a lot of people, but, but for her, you know, being in the military and so, like, how, and this is comes back to no, my point. I don't think he questioned my Americanism. You know, I just no, no, he was asking wanna, if I feel connection to, the, I mean, that's. No, oh, he's, not, I, he's no, no, not questioning no. you Ameri- being American. Yeah. He, no. what, what he's questioning, what we do is like, we have a theory, you know, that uh, <laughs> people, when, when immigrants, when they come in, like his dad and, and people, they really felt. American, and we talked about the new generation that we don't feel that, correct? I, I am I am wondering out loud whether or not we're heading in the next 50 years as America becomes minority European mm-hmm. to a country which may still, you know, go serve in the military, which doesn't, which no longer um, feels that its history is there, a population which no longer feels that its history is their history, that the... What, wow. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, you know, I think that some of these arguments were probably being made 100 years ago when the definition of what a white person was differed from the definition of what it was today. Uh, no, no I, those arguments were absolutely let, being let me, made. Let, let me push back on that. You let, may push back if let, you dream. Let me what I'm, let, 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 let me tell me huh. we, we're seeing uh, university buildings having their names changed. Yale may have to change his name that we're seeing. I, I believe I believe that the. A, a liberal Democrat, if was asked, how can we have a Jefferson Memorial? He owned slaves. Would hem and haw and, and, and struggle for an answer? And I I think that we're heading for a time when the, it seems to me that, again, non-European America finds it hard to embrace that culture, which was racist, had slaves, to view it within its time and place. This is human. I'm not I'm not actually criticizing it. 
I'm just wondering if well, it's really that's happening. That's a good I mean, thing. It's human. It's true. That would be a good like thing. Like, if I were black, I would have a lot of ambivalence about Thomas Jefferson and George. Yeah, or, or it, at least, it, uh, isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a positive thing? I don't know if it's a positive. Well, it's probably. No, I don't think it's a positive thing because like, I think. it's progressive. I think that the <laughs> social fabric is very, very important. I think that we, no matter what, we need everybody to feel like part of the same nation and part of the same history. I think that's important. Oh, well, then I guess we should all get Confederate flags and. Uh, I mean, you, you, can, you, can, and, you can, and you can, you can make those jokes, and and you know maybe I'm wrong. But you know what it is? It wouldn't you know, be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> it's, with, it's with a lot of. Uh, I can count on one hand. The. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's his greatest accomplishment that he can count on one hand. <laughs> that one hand is very valuable. <laughs> that one hand does everything. <laughs> I think with the information that we have access to today with technology, that's what plays a drastic like role in how the w- people think nowadays. Because before, 30 years ago, we didn't have like the Internet or maybe we did. I don't know. I could rewind it a few years back. Um, but now, now? Uh, you know, from the educational institutions to what we're taught, what, you know, Common Core, our children, what are they taught? Now, everybody has access to different outlets of information, which shapes somebody on what they think, because they didn't teach us in elementary school about you know the native americans and thanksgiving and all that stuff you know what i mean they you know they didn't teach us that but now the older we get we have access to more information which actually states that you know christopher columbus came here and committed genocide and you know killed and raped a bunch of people to but take- he was lost <laughs> you know when you lost you like sort of no so that's what i'm saying out, it's, it's- you do shit you wouldn't ordinarily do you know yeah so so that's hmm. what happens with the way people are thinking nowadays it's totally different because of the the type of information we have access to which changes how you think you might not think what you thought 10 years ago based on the type of information you have access to because we never stop learning you know, I don't want to re- revisit the whole Columbus thing, but she's she's kind of expressing what I'm saying is that you have half the country who still mm-hmm. sees Columbus as a, a a figure in his time, but who was brave and, and brought mm-hmm. opened up mm-hmm. the new world. And mm-hmm. another half of the country thinks that this is just the first step in a, in a villainous, shameful past. And and it they have to be. coexist. And I, you know, whatever. They could be right that it's a shameful past. But it's a it's a new era when half the country feels that way, and and that's all I'm saying. Oh yeah. Well, so anyway, I, I I guess what I would say is, you say that. Back it up with some numbers. I don't know the numbers. I don't so know the numbers. I don't know the assertion. numbers are ascertainable. I'm wondering if you know. Well, I'm I'm I'm. It's highly anecdotal, but I ask almost every immigrant that I meet and who works for me, and if if I can project what I'm. The answers I'm getting to the nation that it's a it's a it's a significant percentage of people who feel that way. I don't know if it's a majority, thirty percent, but it's it's Why don't not you uncommon. Just do what Trump does. Just make up numbers. I don't have to conduct a nationwide <laughs> survey in order to posit. Like when I when I speak to the Mexican guys who work for me, and I said the Me- they are, we would crumble and die without the Mexican employees. One Mexican employee is worth three homegrown employee at twice at twice the wage. I, I cannot tell you the loyalty. I mean, I, I just want to really express it. They are the backbone in so many ways. But if you, but if you question them, they how should they should probably build the wall then. Is that what you're saying? No, but if you question them about America, 
you will get answers which are disconcerting. You know, essentially that America was is a, a force for bad in the world, and America took our land, and and we're kind of uh, uh, and we're here for the money, and you know we'll stay. But if if there was a war, we're going to go back, and you know it's mm-hmm. just it's a very yeah. mercenary attitude towards the nation as opposed to my grandparents. You know, right. so. I, 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 you know, well, I, I'm I'm like an old man. I'm 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 supposed to not notice it or say it out loud. So whatever I no, do, you can say what you want to say out loud. This and then is America. Have, it's America. And- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> is that Native American? Say it. <laughs> you can make your statements out loud and it's just as American for us to fight back and tell you no, what a you fool see, you I, are. I, I mean, technically, this is what I was doing in Afghanistan. I, I had a number of roles out there, but I had my own radio show out there. We did. It's called IO, Information Operations. So, you know, we used to talk about certain things, politics, the weather. We used to hand out little phone he cards. He loves the weather. But I, I probably <laughs> wouldn't be able to do that in Afghanistan as like an Afghan civilian being a female and talking about what I wanted to talk about. But, you know, that's the beauty of why of America. We're here. What what made you join join the army? Um, It it was a a job opportunity that was it was just too good to refuse because I always wanted to go back home. She is an American. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I, I was like. I had just graduated with my associates. I got a job offer from... Oh, uh, she, she's Muslim. She doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, he's right about that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was looking at a job offer that I got from LaGuardia Airport versus the Defense Department. It was an opportunity of a lifetime, and I always wanted to kill two birds with one stone. I know I shouldn't say that. You don't have stones to say kill. And <laughs> or stones, stones right? <laughs> I, want, I want to blow up two birds. Yeah, so... When you say birds, he thinks Israelis go no okay so um, yeah that's why I took it I was uh, how old was I? I was like 21 years old and I was like you know it's the opportunity of a lifetime I get to serve my country I get to see Afghanistan I get to get you know job experience and you know they were they were paying very so, well so, so as an Afghani Afghan American Afghan American yeah. do you see Anything positive that came out of America's uh, intervention? Of course. What, the, what, what are the positive things? N- uh, number one, the um, <clears throat> the literacy rate jumped up. It was sh- probably close to like 15%. I remember I was doing the numbers over there with the, the human group. It's close to 90% now. A lot of ch- women, girls, boys, they're all attending school. Um you know, the infrastructure of the country. We have roads now because of, you know, with the Russians coming in and that whole Cold War era after that finished. What, what kind just, of culture are they learning? Huh? Who's, who's in charge of... As far as the, the education system, I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of a lot of the textbooks they had in there were donated by Iran, which was a problem because Iran, they, they speak Farsi and yeah. our language is Pashto and Dari. So it's complete. It's different language. It's very similar. Um... But uh, yeah, I would say a lot of uh, the books that were donated to us was from Iran, so and they Iran had a problem is, with that. Of course, they're going to yeah. have an influence. It's you know, what other, any other positive? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, a lot of it was positive, minus you know, all is fair in love and war, minus like all the you know casualties that would come from the drone attacks. You know, um, things happen during war, but compared to when the Russians were there. Uh, no, I mean, I saw some guy's leg get blown off 50 yards away from me and he stepped on a landmine from the Russian time and they destroyed all their maps and stuff. So as far as America being in there and being involved in a war, 
um, compared to, you know, anybody else who has tried to, you know, come into Afghanistan and conquer it. No, I mean, it was mainly positive from, so, uh, from so, everything. Uh, so our, so we should not be ashamed of our of our operation in Afghanistan? Um, or, no. Or regret it? I don't think so. That's, no. That's, I didn't expect that answer. Yeah, no. me either. That's why we allow people to talk. I, 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 I have to say that I don't see how you could possibly question someone's proudness to be an American by hearing that New York accent on the other <laughs> So let me ask you something. In, in, in Afghanistan, people there think it's occupied or is it a... Um, <clears throat> military operation joint, well of course i mean at the end of the day I, i was attached to a female engagement team so we're we're Ooh, going wow. into we're, oh, that sounds good yeah we're walking <laughs> into people's <laughs> house, sorry are you guys getting turned on no, no. <laughs> we were turned out from the microphone <laughs> we're walking into people's homes and the unit that i was attached to we were created just so we can have access to the other you know majority of the population which are women because culturally men were not allowed to talk to women no american or afghan men are allowed to talk to women who are not of their kin so we're walking into these villages and walking in there with m16s and m4s you know trying to say like oh salam alaikum can we have you, tea were, carrying, with you, guys? you were carrying a rifle uh, no i was issued a nine millimeter pistol pistol towards yeah, yeah, yeah. i had to because yeah. i had the side of my head shaved and you know there was like a hit on me <laughs> so oh, um, she's ballsy <laughs> there was a hit on you Yeah, well, because the thing is, when we would go out on missions, we, we would walk for like six, seven clicks. And What's a click? Uh, it's kilometers. Kilometers. So we would... They, They're going to talk like that from now yeah, on. Yeah, there, there, there would cool. be people watching us, like spies, you know, and like, yeah. you know, speaking to the Taliban, communicating with them and letting them know, oh, hey, there's a group of, you know, U.S. soldiers, they're walking this way, this is their location. And, you know, that's when... They would come in and, you know, try to plant IEDs, but we had the EOD dogs to come in and sniff them out and did, pull them did up. Did you ever have any moments of panic where you felt you were going to die? One time. Well, one t well, yeah, well, we used to get rocketed a lot on base, um, but, you know, the, the the alarm would go off. And so I got used to it at a certain point. You get used to it. It becomes like every day. But the only time that I would say I panicked was um, when uh, the guy uh, were on a mission It was an older Afghan man, and he was showing us his land that had gotten um, airstriked. So he wanted his money back. He's like, oh, you guys damaged my land. So, you know, it was like kind of like we were talking to the Americans, and they asked me to go up there and translate, but there was a bunch of men, and I didn't feel comfortable talking to a bunch of men because they're, you know, they're horn dogs out there. But, um, they're horn they, dogs. <laughs> uh, in the studio, too, believe me. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, and the thing is... You go right at home here. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, even if I'm next to them, they smell that perfume. I was like, <laughs> so they had their own translators but the type of areas that i would go to no american translators would go they would refuse the mission you know they'd be like oh hell no that's a crazy place i'm not going there send the local interpreters and the local interpreters they, they would go to more dangerous places so when they had asked if they could borrow uh, me i said no and that's when a few minutes later the the same guy he had stepped on a landmine there was a blast and we all fell back so they actually had me go onto the truck and his leg was blown off but it was a clean cut from his knee down so they put a tourniquet on him and it was really crazy because i was like oh Oh my god is this is this worth it like i wasn't afraid of dying i was afraid of living limbless 
and coming back with like a prosthetic leg or an, or an arm and because go figure I'm thinking about this now I, I really be, can't being like Afghani American like yeah. did you ever have a plan B like if you get caught you'll be like hey guys I'm really with you but I just <laughs> pretending <laughs> they actually they actually gave us they gave us training on that if if that situation were to happen yeah. but no we don't negotiate with terrorists so, oh please um, they sure. wouldn't say sure oh, please do. sure we do yes we do yeah. you know more than anybody that we do no I mean like god forbid if somebody were to get caught out there i mean you yeah. know you can't like you can't negotiate that's at least what we were told you know you i'm sure somebody would have saved me though because uh my ex was in the army so he would have came and got oh. me oh. <laughs> so, I, it all I, so much love i highly <laughs> doubt that he would have saved you i know because we're not even together i said ex <laughs> yeah uh, no did, did, yeah like with nelson mandela and winnie mandela they broke up did uh uh do you uh you have nightmares about it no no. As a matter of fact, I think me going out there kind of made me normal. I was a little crazy before I went out there. So. How well, many? you'll have nightmares about this podcast. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how many no, tours I did, did you do? I did three tours. My yeah. first tour was with the Marine Corps. Um, they Damn. were awesome. I love them. They were very like you know strict discipline. My second tour was with um, oh fuck them the Aussies. I can't stand them. I was I was <laughs> I was on an ADF contract with NATO, so I was with uh, the Australian Defense Force. But they were, you know, they were. It was joint. Task. What's wrong with the Aussies? Oh, they fuck them. I can't stand. Why? Them. Why? Ah, they're, they're, they're freaking racist. They're racist. You know. You know it's crazy because I asked them to issue me a weapon while we were going out because I mean at the end of the day as interpreters, my life depends on who I'm attached to, and a lot of the women. Uh, I don't. I mean, it sounds like messed up for me to say it, but. Mm -hmm. They have no combat experience. Yeah. So if I'm going out, God forbid, and there's a firefight, I have to rely on the person who's attached to me to save me. And with, um, you know, the, the U.S. Army, they gave me a pistol. They gave me weapons training and everything. So when I had asked um, my boss that at the time, he was, uh, what was his name? He was like a master sergeant, um, Australian guy. Huh? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so he, when I had asked him, he's like, oh, well, you know, there's been a lot of blue and green action. Like my, I couldn't even understand half the shit he was saying, but <laughs> he said a lot of blue on green. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm on your side. I'm here to help you. You don't trust me. You don't want to give me a weapon because you're saying there's a lot of blue on green. Whose side do you think I'm on? And that's what had pissed me off. And I, I cut that deployment short because I, I, I told my managers, I was like, I don't feel comfortable working with these people. Yeah, but to manager? be fair, things like that do happen. They do happen. But at the end of the day, I have a clearance. I, I already did a tour. I'm American. When he says blue on green, he's talking about the Afghan National Army and the Afghan National Police. But I don't wear their uniform. I don't work for them. You know, I'm American. I have a government clearance and I've done and this. And a shaved before. head for Christ's sake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, aside to that, yeah. So then my third tour was with special forces. God bless them. I love them. Those are the hottest guys. Right? Yeah. Shout out to Tony. Let, let's uh, talk about dating there. Did you date huh? anybody over there? Um, I was talking to somebody for two and a what half What do you mean years. talking? You're in a war. There's no talking. No, we were. I mean, yeah, we we're talking. There's two things. Yeah. I'm not going to mention them, but you know. <laughs> I hope my mom doesn't do you hear this. I can't you, tell her about Let me ask you, did you have any blue on green? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's but whoa, blue on, nah, oh, no, I can't. The, yeah, uh, the know, locals over there had a bit of a I, hygiene problem. I apologize to anyone. <laughs> there were other people doing that, but uh, no. The, the typical male line is, you know, come on, baby, we might die I'm tomorrow. Not, you know, yeah, but I know. In, in a war, is true. Like, well, I don't know. I look more. I look more like a dyke out there, so I didn't really get. But it, but in war, in war, when things get hot, and, and I don't mean hot sexually, I mean when it's like 
fire when you actually when the thought of dying seems possible yeah does it make you more promiscuous sexually i mean not apparently for, not <laughs> no not for me but I mean, i'll kill everybody in here i'm a, i mean i don't know I'm, I'm very loyal if i'm talking to somebody i'm in a committed relationship I and mean, there's nothing you can do that my hand can't do for me so. he's not gonna listen oh my god <laughs> wow <laughs> you chop your hand off for that where you come from <laughs> should chop my head off <laughs> forget my hand and i gotta wash my hand when we shook hands before <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Are we done? What else? Seriously. Uh, no, I, I, I just want to ask you a question just yeah. because uh, <clears throat> they have like private contractors in, in Afghanistan, like like in in the uh, the um, the defects and all that stuff. Oh, right? yeah. Those yeah. are the we call them TCNs, third country nationals. So yeah. they were like Filipino, Filipino, Nepali. Yeah. They really screw those guys. They 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 would get, promise those guys one thing like in Iraq. They promise them one thing. Then they get to Iraq. KBR and, and then they yeah. yeah KBR they promised and then they then they found it was totally oh, different they said well if you don't like it you know you can go home yeah but they would but they get wouldn't them fly stuck. them home no they wouldn't so I, you're I, stuck in in Mosul yeah this is where I talked to a couple guys and they're like no, we're stuck here for a year we can't they lied to us and we can't go back because how are they going to get back and they, you know, they can start hitchhiking to Baghdad to get the <laughs> fucking plane that they don't have money for. I mean, a lot of those contracts, whether it was even the, the DOD contract that um, it was Mission Essential Personnel, the company I had worked for, um, was it Worldwide? Um, a lot of these people, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about billions of dollars that are involved. So if they can keep you, they'll keep you because the longer you keep somebody in there, the more money you make. And it's just, it's all about numbers at the end of the day. So as far as those people, they, they had a lot more to lose and they were stuck. A lot of the No, they were trapped yes. there. Yeah, they huh. were. Yeah. And their living conditions were more squalor. And they worked like dogs. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, I have to admit that they did. All right, what about the travel ban? The tra well, the travel uh, ban wasn't on Afghanistan because uh, well, we're in there. A little but we on red, white, and blue. We all in okay, this so together. Okay, so listen, with the travel ban, um, I, I've heard of the, these different countries that, that are in there. What, about seven countries? Six now. Six now. Six now. Six now. I mean, to my understanding, I don't really follow the news. I don't watch mainstream media. God bless you. I, I, you know, <laughs> but I do listen to RT news. <laughs> I've been on that. Oh, <laughs> I know yeah. his heart is broken. Uh, I don't no, know. I, I love it. I, I feel like it's unbiased. You know, they kind RT of, news is unbiased. This is the Russian uh, wow. propaganda. Yeah, but outlet. listen, who's on there? Larry King is on there. I've Who been else on is on there? Come on. You've you know, on listen. With, with the mainstream media, it's the same repetitive. How about Al Jazeera? You don't huh? read Al Jazeera? No, I don't listen to them either. Oh, I don't. They're biased. And I listen to the X twenty two report. Biased, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's it's an awesome you know YouTube podcast type thing this guy's on there he's like incognito stealth mode david his name's not even on there i get a lot of my information from there but you know whatever the case is what was the question that you asked because my dd is kicking in uh, what, what about the travel ban? The travel ban. Okay, so what... I mean, Larry okay, what King is not exactly uh, Edward R. Morrow, but go ahead. Okay, so with the travel ban, what is Trump trying to do? He's trying to prevent, what, homegrown terrorism, more attacks on home turf, to my knowledge. So to my knowledge, it's not even a Muslim ban or a travel ban. What he's trying to do is he's trying to filter these people coming in. He's not just like you know, telling them like, hey, listen, you, you can't come here even if you have a visa or whatever the case is. I don't know too much. Let, 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 me, let me ask it in a uh, way that, let me ask a question that, yeah. would, that bears on a travel ban in a way He's that I think- He's so happy with you now. No, 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 in a, in a way that you can answer. <laughs> Vetting. Vetting. You understand what it what Afghani civilian life is like. Absolutely. What the bureaucracy is, what kind of records are on yes. you, all the hit. 
Do you think you could vet somebody in Afghanistan in a way that you could be satisfied that they were not sympathetic to terrorism? Well, no, you can't because, I mean, at the end of the day, even when we did vetting on a lot of the Afghan locals, we used biometrics, you know, then there's no system of who people are out there, where you were born, who you're affiliated with. Everyone has nearly the same name. You know, the only people you can really differentiate from is from who your father is and and all that their system is different what what you're saying to me and this this is what drives me crazy i don't i'm not a big uh fan of the travel ban except when people start trying to say well we vet them and i say wait a second how could they pop and then i'm being saying i'm being sold a bill of goods here which is just Mm -hmm. not reliable you cannot vet Mm. people in a country like Afghanistan or Syria where there are... Or the are, United States. Well, there are... <laughs> no, in the United States, at least you have a social security number and you have a criminal record and it's uh, reliable and and there's all kinds of other ways. Yeah, but, but a lot... Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're 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 changing the subject. I'm saying okay. that the maybe maybe you can't vet in the United States either. Maybe vetting the whole concept of vetting is is a fantasy. But when they tell us that Trump is ridiculous because we're vetting these people, I say to myself, hold up. Can they really be? And then by saying that, you're some sort of, oh, you're, you're pro-Trump. I'm like, no, just explain to me how well, they're we vetting. have a vetting but process oh, anyway. It's bull. Well, maybe it's bull, but yeah, his but It seems his to me process? that it's bull. He doesn't have a better one. Yeah, but one. listen, but a lot of the, 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 so the maybe people- Maybe we shouldn't take the risk. A lot of the people that he's, uh, quote unquote, banning or vetting are people who have, are in school, student visas, women, children. And, you know, what are the, and these people have all been displaced because of U.S. intervention. Yeah, I think, I think on women and children. And even students like, come on, even these students that come here, like they're coming here to go to school. They're leaving their families to, for a better opportunity. So with that, I, I don't mean to be like, you know, like sexist or anything but like, oh, just vet the men. But I mean, in in not sexist. Men yeah. are very dangerous. Yeah, but I, I think yeah, it's, women it's, never yeah, but the, blow but themselves up. But the thing up. is, is I like yeah, I said, no, they don't. <laughs> to <laughs> a he, man, every single Muslim that we've had on this show, and it's got like a dozen already, <laughs> has yeah. been more nuanced and more reasonable about all these issues than the average dopey white liberal. Because half of them work for you. Half of them work for you. They have to say that. No, that's the other half. The guy came out and said, "We have to." Donald J. Trump calls for you know. Immediate stopping of Muslims come. This is it. the problem. Yeah. This is the problem is he has a track record, right? Where he called in a Muslim ban, which is clearly not something that would be seen as legal by the courts. Then you have Rudy Giuliani, who says, who knows, and voted for Donald Trump and supported him during the campaign. He asked me a way that we could do this Muslim ban legally. So now you're putting these two things, then you combine it with the fact that these are majority Muslim countries. Then you combine it with the fact that initially, anyway, he tried to keep out current visa holders and the entire uh, ban was very unclear on what to do about green card holders. And it just seems to be a policy that was put together very hastily, one that wasn't well thought through and one that has a clear line to something that could be deemed bigoted by some people. And in fact, I would argue at least the initial comments were bigoted. All right. I, I Harry is, uh, I think, making the correct and best case for that side, for that opinion and uh, you know, my answer to that would be as follows. When I heard Trump talking about the Muslim ban, I took it as a remark from Donald Trump, not from, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody who, who has more gravitas. I took it to mean as 
We need to we need to stop these radical terrorists from coming in, and we can't identify them. So I, I made the case, I made the uh, analogy many times. Seventeen out of seventeen out of a million of these Note sevens blow up. We don't know which seventeen they are. Let's ban all the let's let's recall all the Note sevens. He never, I never thought. Wow. That he, wait, wait. I, I think this is in his oh. mind. I don't think he ever thought or talked about or even considered banning anybody from Indonesia or Malaysia or anybody. It wasn't about Muslims. It was about fighting radical Islamic terror, which is something he also talked about. He didn't just only talk about Muslims. He talked probably much more about fighting is radical Islamic terror. And one time he put it in, maybe we just need to ban all Muslims. Then Giuliani, I heard that Giuliani interview. When he came out of his mouth, he asked me how to do this legally. I was with Juanita. I'm like, oh, what a jackass. But the truth is, in the next few sentences, if you take the whole thing, he did make it much clearer that what Trump came to him, that in other words, that he knew what Trump was getting at. And he told Trump, you can't do it this way. This is the way you have to do it legally. Not this is the way you get rid of all Muslims. This is sure. the way you get at the people that I know you're trying to get at without, this is the way you, you attack the cancer without killing the patient. And... Uh, I I think that's closer to the essence of truth in what was going on in Donald Trump's head. I don't think that Donald Trump actually wants to keep out Muslims. I think he wants to make sure that we don't let in another terrorist, but, and he's ready to err on the side of extreme caution. And I here's a but, problem. You know, though. I don't know that, if that's legal he, or not, but that's, obviously not because he's not banning uh, people from Saudi Arabia, and that's the, he, those he are nine eleven hundred. You do not have to ban them all. The perfect, the perfect does not have to be the enemy of the good. But here, here's a problem. When, when we say, but, like, but they're not on the list. When we when we say we're gonna we're gonna do extreme vetting, if it was the a problem, Muslim ban, they would be on the list. The problem but. with that is we don't have people here qualified to do the vetting, yeah. the way that it's uh, fair and not racist. And like in the airport, they ask stupid questions. Like they don't even know what they're doing. You know, I we have to have anyone at the airport. Yeah, they have to have a system. I think we should start by having the people here. It's two sides, one from there, one from here. Hatem, they're just questions. No question is going to keep anybody safe. It's just a question. No, but what is the you're going to answer it however you want? No, but what is your policy? What what is the extreme vetting process? Is tough questions. Yeah. No, right now, yeah. right now, all the they toughest. do, right the now, greatest. all they do is tough questions, and they give you, they it's, it's make the you wait. David method, you know. <laughs> they make you <laughs> wait for a long time. So if you tell us, you would have killed yourself already. You'd be like, okay, I've been, I've been alive for a long time. I have to do something. Now that's what they do. Like in Iraq, they make them wait for two, three years. It's just not, you know. Uh, I, I'm not supporting the travel ban. I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough about it. I don't think it. anybody does. <laughs> you know, I, I, but, I, but I, I'll tell you one thing. If there is another attack and 50 people die and it is somebody that came in from mm -hmm. one of these countries, I'm going to say, shit, we got it wrong. You know, I, I know that's but easy to say. But it's nearly impossible for an attack to happen on the United States unless the government allows it with the NSA, with surveillance, know. with tapping into people's phones. It's You know, we put a lot of faith in the fact that what's happening and seems to be mushrooming in France and Germany is mm -hmm. somehow not happening here. I think that may be wishful thinking on our part. Though that Christmas bombing and the and all the various attacks in France and well, they took in so many more refugees. I mean, I mean, once we blew up the Middle East, once we destabilized Iraq, and the, then it started to what have actually. Oh, we may, goal we, may, we may be responsible for some of this. I'll, I'll, all I, of I, it. I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with you, but I'll grant you that you know arguendo that that we caused the problem. That doesn't mean we now 
owe ourselves the death penalty. We still have a right to protect ourselves. Oh, I understand. But we don't have the problem like they have. We caused the problem for them. I mean, right. in Greece, they have 60,000 refugees at the old airport from Syria. Like, Look, what's going to happen to this? You know, I'm repeating myself every week. On, 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 I think on New Year's Eve, they were barricading Times Square. They spent millions and millions of dollars to prevent any trucks from barreling into the... the uh, uh, and they were all all these millions of dollars and personnel was spent to protect us from exactly what they're also telling and us. Still, we don't have to be scared. My of. Mariah Carey sound we, went out. Still there. <laughs> spent all this money. But you follow me. They, yeah. they were worried about a truck barreling. Yeah. Yeah. Why were they worried about it? Why? Why are they telling us? We we, no, we, uh, what, we, we we're worried about white terrorism, but we're not spending millions of dollars protecting against white terrorism. We, they had a specific fear, which was a Muslim terrorist in a truck. Well, because it's happened here before. Because it's and because it's happening around the world. So I got it. So let's just bring in many more people that we can't vet. I mean, this well, is well. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Devil's advocate. Yep. Wait a yeah. minute. Now, you know, uh, we should point out that there are two different parts to this travel yeah. ban, which I, I should point out. Obviously, there was the first one. I'm talking that, about the second one. Right. Then there was the second one, which a judge in Hawaii has said uh, has put a stop to it that will not be implemented. I didn't hear that. Um, That's today. That was today. Okay. Uh, so, you know, not a, not a huge surprise if you listen to legal scholars on that one. So there's so there's a constitutional problem with that. And, you know, by gosh darn it, I, I, I still believe in our Constitution. Um, <laughs> perhaps not some interpretations of it, but certainly the Constitution itself. But I, 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 are we still I, using that we, the Constitution? <laughs> you know, we, we some it depends. Do we agree with it or not? If we do, you know, then we then we use it. If we don't agree with it, then we don't use it. Uh, that's true. That is that is what we do. Um, but you know, I, I I think at the end of the day, we have you know we we can't stop everything. I just don't believe that there. You know, we can stop most things, but there's nothing. I, you know, you t you say why is it that. Um, they were barricading. It's because the fact of the matter is that the New York Police Department, which I think is a pretty gosh darn good police department when it comes to counterterrorism activity. Yes, my sister. And they are <laughs> they are protecting not just against the likely thing, but the unlikely thing as well. So, sure, they had a fear of it. But the, but at the end of the day, you know, they have a fear of a lot of things. Let me just add one other point to it. The second part to the travel ban, you know, we're talking about these six countries is obviously the refugees, which we've sort of been hinting at the Syrian refugees, uh, refugees mm -hmm. from other countries as well. Um, and, you know, I, I think that there are two parts of this. And I, I don't necessarily what what are the figures and the facts that back up what he's doing? I think that's at the end of the day, why these six countries, why not other countries? Um, why, you know, refugees for 120 days versus 90 days versus this rollout, which was done so horrifically that at the end of the day, I almost feel like throwing the baby out with the bathwater because it just doesn't seem like any of this was thought through. Well, let, let me answer you. First of all, I don't, I don't know the answer to the second part. I'm not sure we have the right to, to the right. It's going in and out. I lost my. Yeah, I can't hear you. Yeah. I think we, oh wait, came back. There we go. I don't think is it still recording? Yeah, we're going. I don't think we had the the power went on on the on the amp on the, the distribution amp. I don't know if we have the right to demand that the commander in chief give us those facts and figures. But leaving that aside for a second, what we're engaging now is in the conversation I would prefer that the country engaged in, which is a discussion of the facts and the risks. I think what what I object to is the fact that it's called racism right out of the box. But I think that if you're talking about real threats, barricades, uh, fears that the NYPD had to call the people who want to prioritize those risks racist, 
is really below the belt. You know People why? have a right to say, listen, these are the risks, and I weigh them differently than you, and I want to err on the side of minimizing these yeah, risks. And don't, have- and don't call me a fucking racist because I think <laughs> that, that, that we're protecting you. Because it, <laughs> if it was racism, you would say, listen, this is there's no real risks here. You're a racist. I might call you effing, but I wouldn't call you, you racist. You follow my points. Like, if <laughs> I it's racist, the- then why are we barricading? We un- I, I, I understand, uh, the, I understand uh, the point, but at the end of the day, Donald Trump, by opening his mouth, opened himself up to this line of attack. Yes, now, you can say, you know, Donald Trump speaks this way and he, you know, he doesn't necessarily mean it. We should take him, you know, seriously, but not literally, as the old saying goes. But he is the president of the United States and words do matter. And the people are going to judge him by his words. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, we'll see. Why don't they, uh, you're saying like, well, this is threat of, uh, you know, for someone from, um, um, what one of the countries on, on Syria. Syria comes here and uh, and commits a terrorist act? See, ah, see, you were wrong. They should have done something. But how come that we don't have that reaction from uh, government officials that if is there's wrong. a mass killing? Oh. Well, you know, we got to do something about these gun laws. Maybe we shouldn't let people with a history of mental illness buy guns that easy. Maybe we should make it a little more difficult. Maybe we shouldn't. Uh, be selling weapons that can fire so quickly and kill so many people so quickly. But there's not that discussion. Well, there that is would save a lot more lives. There is, there, there, is, there is that discussion. It just always happens on the left side of the aisle. There's always the discussion, I think, on both parts, right? And I think that we're all guilty of our own hypocrisy that we, we use these attacks oftentimes. And we should talk about politics. There's nothing wrong with politicizing this type of stuff because that's the way we get things done in our country is through politics, is through our elected government. But I do think at the end of the day that we're all guilty of hypocrisy when these attacks happen. We argue for the things that reinforce our previous viewpoints. Not all of us, but a lot of us do. Yeah, but almost all humans do that. But I think if you're coming from, I mean... If you say that we have to be vigilant, we have to be safe as a as the president or as a, you know, a Republican, that we have to have this ban so we can vet these people properly. Then if we also have to be vigilant and safe, why aren't we vigilant and safe in other ways? Like, why aren't we vigilant and safe about our gun laws in this country? Why do we? We just want to I, Tony, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I don't think mentally ill people should be able to buy a weapon. I don't think assault rifles. See, should, you, you, you're should against pr- mentally ill people. Protect. <laughs> I don't think assault rifles should be covered under the Second Amendment. I, I, I also don't happen to think that in a country with 300 million guns already there, made out of steel that don't, you know, get old, that it's going to make any difference to outlaw all the guns but if you could make all the guns in the country disappear tomorrow i, should, I would support it we should meet halfway don't sell guns to muslims you know that way <laughs> you cover both you know you're not uh That's well, okay that, we or can people make on one. the terrorist watch list why yeah. can you sell guns to people on the terrorist yeah, watch list yeah but it's so easy to get on that list and and then to be and, and reality is is that uh they might put Kennedy me on, on the list, list after this podcast <laughs> if, 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 i mean this is a cliche what but if if you are a, if you have a criminal intention you're going to get a gun. There's just, it's, it's, it's really, gun laws really are mostly about controlling well, that, law-abiding people. Oh, oh but, but that's weapons, not the thing. Know. Most gun violence is, you know, um, somebody just loses it one day. Yeah, they're not, they're guy, not a criminal. They're just like, you know, fuck you, fuck me. You know, yeah. you know? I mean, I, listen, I'm, I'm no... That's why I don't have a gun. Looking, that's why I don't have it. I don't want people to have it because I don't want, I know if I had a gun, one day I might just well, you know escalate. Dude, the situation. I agree with you a thousand percent. Wait, no, I'm still that, talking. No surprise. That's why I, I agree with you a thousand percent. That's why I don't want you to have a gun. <laughs> that's exactly. True. All right. Uh, absolutely. Last question. Uh, um, She's I, awesome. Uh, you know, Hassan gets the most awesome guests. You you really do. 
Uh, we never see them because they go right to Gitmo. But no, no, <laughs> I got a job offer there. He so. gets the most. We've had we've had the most interesting collection of people on this show. Uh, thanks to Hot Tub, it's really it's, 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 it was so funny yeah, how we met. He said, oh. "Yeah, you, we don't have to share that part." But uh, <laughs> people who I really didn't know existed, and who really exposed the diversity of opinion that I, to be honest, was a little skeptical of. Go ahead. Yeah, because they agree with you. No, no, diversity of, no, not just because they agree. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, we talked about when we met. We talked about guys in Afghanistan, and yeah. you wanted to say that about the double standard. I really want to share that part with. Yeah, the, sure. Yeah, so can you tell us about it? Yeah, what double standard are, as far as Americans? Or no, Afghans? the Afghan, the Afghan guys, or. Um, I mean, it, it was a little awkward being out there. Number one, being Afghan American, the way they looked at us is automatically, oh, they're whores. You know, they're out here, they left their families because, you know, with being Afghan, you have to be a little more, you know, conservative by a certain age. You have to be married off. You have to have kids. So being out there, the first question, well, I wouldn't let anybody ask me any questions because I was like, I, I don't know you. You don't need to talk to me. <laughs> but the way they would perceive us versus like the, the men, it was, you know, it's like a guy can do whatever he wants and it's okay. But if a girl does it, automatic. It's like you know, slut shaming. Like is this Afghanistan or Italy? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but um, as far as uh, the the double standard that we were talking about that day, um, yeah. if that's what you were talking about, yeah. But that's how our culture is, though. They favor men, even within my own family. You know, Shut if up. my brother messes up or if we both mess up, it's funny. The incident happened recently. My mom would be like, "Oh no, well, it's okay. He's a guy." You're 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 a girl. You're a woman. He's a man. What do your it's, parents think about gay marriage? Um, it was so funny because when when they first legalized gay marriage, the Empire State Building was rainbow. My mom's like, "Oh, that's so pretty." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, you know, they legalized the you know gay marriage." She's like, oh, "Stop it, Allah! Oh my God, they're all gonna burn in hell." And this, this, that. <laughs> oh, it's the end of the world. This that the Antichrist is coming down. Oh. Well, let me let me ask you, Tony. That, she, she's she, I think she's expressing it with no surprise. Well, a, a pretty typical Muslim view of uh, not of, even Muslim. Any view, Christian view too. Well. Of, of homosexuality, a very religious. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a typical, a religious view. It's not a typical you. European you view. Huh? Uh, uh, is it? Is it? Is it fair? <laughs> <laughs> I told you that in confidence. <laughs> <laughs> not there's anything wrong with it. Is it fair to say that uh, we don't want to bring in? I'm, really, I'm being devil's advocate because these arguments are never discussed. Everything is just you say. Well, you know, this is a population that has a real bigotry against homosexuality. Well, the Muslims, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, that going on in Afghanistan. Even I'll be honest, a lot well, of homosexual, of, of course, course, everywhere in the world, it, it, it exists. It does exist, but they don't like to, um, you know, what you call it. They don't like to be like, oh yes, you know what I mean. Let, let's not let's not let's not limit like it to masquerade. let's not limit it to Muslims. Is <laughs> yeah. it fair? Can, is it fair for us, or is it proper for us to to inquire as to the bigotries? Of people before we allow them to immigrate here, their bigotries. Yeah, their views. If no, we get a questionnaire and said, "How do you feel about gays?" I hate them. I think they should burn in hell. We say, "Oh, well, we have no right to judge that." You can come no, in. No, then you, you, you <laughs> want. I'm asking a serious question. <laughs> welcome, no, I, uh, welcome to the Republican Party. No, I, I, I think them. if you say that, you don't go to New York, but you go to like Middle America. No, you go somewhere <laughs> yeah. where it's like 
You'll I'll feel let, home. Let, let Harry answer. Let Harry. I'll, I'll say that there are three things I want to hit on. Number one, no, I don't think you asked that type of question because it can lead to different types of questions being asked along that same line that I think most people would agree are inappropriate to be on so said form. Uh, number two, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise that, in fact, Muslims used to be a highly uh, Republican group uh, in the 2000 election. George W. Bush won the Muslim vote, if you agree, uh, believe some of the survey polling. But obviously that has shifted in the past 16 years, given the Republican Party's stance on Muslims as demonstrated by the presence of the United States. And third, I think you kind of answered your question a little bit, which is interesting to me, is I think there's this almost dichotomy that occurs where you have these very liberal people who, you know, are against Trump or against this travel ban, but also are against a lot of the religious or the viewpoints on certain social issues that I think a lot of Muslims or religious Muslims have. But the fact of the matter is that you see that across the board anyway, for instance, in in Southwest Asia, for example, or as we might term it in our um, Eurocentric way, the Middle East, uh, you, <laughs> you, you see that a lot of uh, liberals are very much against the state of Israel, despite the fact that certainly it's one of the most socially liberal places in that is the most socially liberal place in that region. So, you oh. know. Look, I, I have, I agree. With you want to take this? I have, no, I have a, uh, <laughs> I, I have children, right? They're, 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 ha they're, they're, they're uh, half, basically half Indian, half Jewish children. And I wonder what the world is going to be for them, you know? And I, I, I think that decisions we make about immigration and everything else in mm -hmm. the end will impact their future. As I said to Stephen today, if we were to take in, 10 million Mexicans or 20 million Mexicans or an alternative. You'd open five more hold, comedy cellars. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> or or in, an in, an, in an alternative timeline, right. take in 20 million Canadians. Hmm. Well, 30 years down the line, the, those two countries would differ in certain ways. What would be those differences? Well, Do we have a right to Canadians consider them? wouldn't come here because they'd lose their health care. Do we have a right to consider them? <laughs> <laughs> and and do we have do we have a right to wonder? I, I've made the point many times that old white Southerners or I'm sorry, young white so white Southerners, you know, a hundred years after or was it uh, seventy five years after integration started, are still suspected of racism. These bigotries have a very long half-life. They die very, very slowly. Right. Are the bigotries of immigrants going to die? Are they, is it going to take 100 years to wring her mother's attitude out of their... Or will it... Will it it's going to be slow. It's going to be like so, any other and, and permanent what, change. And what slow. problems... Does does that bring in? The left hates people who are anti-gay, but the left, the left also champions the cultures which are also anti-gay. There's those... Two, there is a friction there that they don't ever want to face up to. The the champ the the, the person that champion the refugee they champion today will become the enemy that they hate twenty years from now who's who's marching against gay marriage. These problems are complex, and again, just right. And there take, aren't simple answers to these to, problems. To take the accusation of racism off the table would allow such a better conversation. You know, maybe we could actually get to the right answers. I, I, I Why think. The heck in, are you such a racist? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think in your case you did a yeah. great job by. Um, adding a non-Jewish part to your kids so they can have... <laughs> Not enough, but you know, it's yeah. called, it's called, start. It's it's called start. Hedge, hedging my bets. <laughs> so you kind of like a little bit, you know, did something for the future. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, you're right. You're right. I mean, I had I had a dream that you named the third kid Bernie. No, it's I swear to God, it's Benjamin actually. It's Barack. <laughs> but, it's Barack, Barack could be Jewish. All right. Uh, anything, anything else? Uh, anything else? Anybody wants to take up Harry? You have any predictions? 
<laughs> now that McLaughlin is dead, can I predict? <laughs> uh, I predict. Now, I, 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 look, I, wrong, uh, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. The correct answer is twenty-seven. Uh, no, I don't think that there. I, I, look, the Trump presidency is young. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot more controversial moments to it. Uh, he's a controversial guy. He likes to make uh, fire. Uh, and we'll see where we are. Uh, you know, so many so many days left to go. Where what are we, what are we one forty eighth or something through yeah. it or two forty eighths uh, maybe? Don't, you, you predict don't, don't. You, you expect- the Trump administration is like they used to say on the wire. You only serve two days. The day you go in and the day you yeah. leave. That's you do, you, do you expect four year term? I would say that the, the odds, the Vegas odds, Trump last four years. I think that yeah, he does. I, I think he does. If I, if I if I were making a, a bet on it, but that doesn't mean he will. If we think about it probabilistically, I think there's a higher chance of impeachment than usual. Oh. Um, I think that there's a higher chance as a male who is in his seventies who eats poorly of a health problem developing. I'm not saying that these things are going to occur, but I am saying that's a higher probability. But no, I think he will serve the four years and liberals and Democrats are um, kidding themselves that they don't think that's going to happen. Tony, I think there's a much higher risk of of, I, I can't say impeachment. But I just don't see how you can maintain this level of just uh, of uh, temperature level for four years. I feel like something somehow will have to give. I can't predict what it'll be, but just doesn't. How can it well, go I on this Well, I told you my prediction four was. Four years. What's your prediction? I oh, mean, yeah. my prediction is at one point he's going to use, use a nuclear weapon. Mm. And that, that's my, I, you know, but I, guess I, hope, so. I'm, I hope I'm Look, wrong. And you're against that. I, against I'm who? against that. Okay. I, the fact of the matter is I've accomplished the two things that I want to in my life. Um, one of them was appearing on television. And the second one is something that I'm not nearly as good at as appearing and going on television. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm I being it. in this podcast. You really set the bar low, didn't you? <laughs> all right, I'm done. Yeah. We can all die now. You know what I fear about this, basically, is this last election. It's like the difference between, you know, you find out like your girlfriend's cheating on you and you, you break up with her or you or you or you forgive her and you go on with your life is the difference between coming in, coming home and find your girlfriend drowning the baby in the sink. Like you, you are forever changed. And I think America drowned the baby in the sink this past election. I don't think there's any coming back from this. I think the fact that we elected Donald Trump is I, I don't think. I don't think there's any coming back from this. I think that we are a changed country forever. As and opposed, not, in a, as opposed, not in a good way. Yeah, as opposed to the Civil close. War, which we... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, but that I, changed the country. Yeah, you know? we, did, we did come back from it. I think a lot yeah, of people are going to learn a lot. It took a while, didn't it? Took it? A while. I think a lot of people are going to get together, you know, and defend our values, you know, and, you know, so I think he, it's a good thing to have them because, you know, all the anti-Semitic incidents, people are coming, you know, more on the rise anti-Muslim, you know. Oh, but just wait. Thing. I mean, the, you know, the the alt-right, whatever you want to call them, the white nationalists, they're just starting, they're the Tea Party of eight years ago. Yeah. The Tea Party is now the center of the Republican Party. I'm not, I mean, I'm not necessarily sure I can agree with that. I don't think that Donald Trump really in many ways represents the Tea Party. I would say that, yes, he does in the sense that he's um, certainly an outsider, but they were for far lower taxes. They were not for government intrusion. Oh, oh no, I understand that, but they're, they're more centrist now than they were years ago. Oh, I would say that they're more mainstream. More mainstream. And now that now the alt-right is coming up to be the new Tea Party. Cool. All right. So I, so I have more faith beware. in people in general than you might think I have based on the things that come out of my mouth. <laughs> I know. I, I, honestly, I, I think things are going to be okay either way. Really? Yeah. You don't think there's gonna, not going to be any fallout and blowback, nothing? We haven't died yet. <laughs> 
I, I think in the end, I've fallen off the cliff so far, so good. I think in the end, there's all in, in our system is a tremendous pressure to, in the end to take the rational course of action, which is why Obama's administration was so similar to Bush's administration in terms of so many of the dis- things that Obama had been criticizing Bush for. I think that when that team gets in the Oval Office and they see the, what well, the real options are, well, let's see what his uh, new budget. I mean, his new budget is they have much less the latitude than drastically. We think. Yeah, we'll you know? see. You know, that's I just that's what I think. We'll see. I I I, I mean, it, it's not going to be so easy to 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 throw twenty million people off health care. You know, let's just see what happens. I I don't I don't see it happening. Maybe really, yeah. Yeah, we, we shall see. We're going to cut the EPA by twenty five percent, and that that could happen. I, I listen. Fact is, it's I, too cold anyway. We need a little while. I, <laughs> I have a businessman skepticism that you can attach that that at any point in time the the whatever that budget is is exactly what the budget needs to be and you can't do good work with a budget cut or whatever i mean i've had to cut my expenses uh you know by 20 percent at times it didn't mean that i was no longer able to take care of what i needed to take care of oh, so when we, when budgets we, are bloated what, are they why don't we cut the military budget and though? and and let's yeah. never forget yeah i'm not let's never forget that in in government these agencies always ask for more money and then mm-hmm. they spend every dime of it so as not to have any risk of getting less, less money. money. There's time, tremendous yeah. uh, incentives to overspend. I don't yeah. know that. I think it's much more important. Why don't we inten- that to the Department of Defense? It's much though. more important, I would give you, it's much more important what the intentions are of the people who run the EPA than whether or not their budget is cut. I well, how about this? How about we just spend more money than... Um, China and uh, what's the next Saudi Arabia, the two next countries. And, and we just spend more money than the next two high spending countries on military. And we cut the military budget in half. Well, I don't know. Maybe about we'll mili- have to close I, like a hundred golf courses. Or I don't have an, I don't know. I'm no expert on military. I mean, I hear some people make the case that we, we don't have, you know, we have X number of uh, battleships now where we used to have, or you know, aircraft carriers now where we used to have twice as many. And, you know, you, I do hear these cases made, which make it sound like, Oh shit, we're falling dangerously Why? low in resources, but I don't know if they're reliable or not. I really don't know. I don't know. I, I trust people like Madison McMaster. There's only one that's, way that's we all find we got. out. Let's go to war. Let's do it. How come China can <laughs> we need to be able to fight as much money? We need, to, we need to be able to fight two wars on two fronts. That's always been our thing, right? We seem to be dangerously strapped by fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq, two pretty small countries, but on the other hand, we could probably ramp up very quickly in a, a fight with China yeah, or something. I don't know. Those are different. These are different wars than we used to fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. It's so yeah. over my expertise winning, you know. to judge. I'm always surprised that people have a strong opinion on this because what the hell do we know about military spending? I don't Please, know. People have a strong opinion on whether peanut yeah. butter is better with the real peanuts in it or not. I mean, you know, it is better. It is better. (laughs) Don't debate about that. We we definitely need a military. And and it needs to be strong enough. Listen, I need the biggest guy, security guy at the door of the comedy cellar. He's got to be so fucking big. Nobody thinks twice about, but you don't use him to solve every problem you have. Somebody sends a suit back. You don't send Marvin said, you send a fucking suit back. No, use it for what you need them for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever the problems are in the Middle East, and they're, they're severe problems that centuries old. No. The United States military isn't the answer to them. Yeah. I just we, and and you know what? I'll make I'll make the same case I made before. I think the intentions of the president matter more than how much money we spend on the military. I think that like in the Iran deal, 
They knew that Obama would not use the military no matter what, and that emboldened them in the negotiation. That was more serious than whether or not we had X amount of dollars being spent on the military. So, you know, I kind of agreeing with you in a way. I don't know. Anything else yeah, we got to no Yeah, well, thank you so much if you want to share your information. Twitter and Harry, or Harry, share your weather email too. Yeah, yeah. if you no. want, if you don't have to. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Email? Okay, weather Tony. Forecast. Well, no public figure here. Tony, <laughs> you can friend me on Facebook and curse at me like everybody else does. Tony Dial. <laughs> fuck you and the fucking show you came in on, you fucking prick. No. Uh, Forecaster Enton uh, on Twitter at Forecaster Enton. Uh, I have a little last app. So is my. Uh, what is avatar. it now? At Forecaster Enton. Forecaster and then E-N-T-E-N uh, is my handle. If you're interested in a collage of tweets that are partially political, partially meteorological, partially sports. And you always know when you got laid. Partially <laughs> That's because I haven't been active on it for about uh, six hours. That's how you know. <laughs> There's a gap. You know it. You know, right. he, he paid one of the nicest compliments to me ever on Facebook because, he, you know, he, he, he always, he, he tends towards these like anti-Israel, anti-Semitic screeds, yeah. you know, and everybody gets all mad no. and whatever it is. And I, and I always like take it, you know, and then he goes, he says, I love you, Noam, you're the only one who will play with me. <laughs> which is, which is, you know, I have like, the highest praise because it's true. People should play I, have a few twitters yeah, about you we'll do it next time <laughs> tweets yeah yeah okay all right okay. all right thank about you about me right. yeah You're negative about this no no oh, no okay. no okay. we'll do it next all time all right Bye, cool thank, all you. Right. thank you thank you you were listening to live from america podcast to contact us please go to www.livefromamericapodcast.com brought to you by the comedy seller and rethink production 